0: Welcome to the Best of MBS Podcast, a collection of the best interviews hosted by Michael Bungay Stanier, best selling author of The Coaching Habit and How to Begin. Today's interview is from the Coaching Habit Podcast. Here's your host, MBS.
1: I am Michael Bungay Stanier. You're listening to the Coaching Habit Podcast. I finally got my tagline worked out on this it is the best strategies for leading yourself and others by tapping into the wisdom of thinkers, leaders, writers and coaches, and in this case, a deep, great friend of mine, Eric Klein. I'm very excited to be speaking to Eric. He has been, and this is kind of the informal introduction, part of my mastermind group, my brain trust for the last 10 years or more. And I've had the luxury of becoming his friend and also being guided, coached, provoked, supported by him over the last decade and more. But you need to know that Eric is actually one of the few people in the world, who's not only been a best-selling leadership author, um, his best-selling book is actually called Awakening Corporate Soul, but he's also an ordained lineage holder. So he brings both the understanding and practicalities of organizational life, but also a deep understanding of a spiritual tradition and a spiritual path as well. So that's a fascinating combination and will make this conversation fantastic. So Eric, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. (laughs) Fun to be here. It's fun to be here. Anytime hanging out with you is a fun thing to do. Um, So, you know, I talked a tiny little bit about your past. I mean, barely really touched Mm. on it. But I am curious to know, I kind of know the answer to this because we're friends, but I'm curious for others to know, you know, what's the impact you're seeking to have in your work these days? I mean, as you know, we talk about Mm -hmm. great work at Box of Crayons, the work that has more
0: impact, more meaning. How does that resonate for you? It resonates deeply for me because I realized that, you know, for myself, and I think it's true for all of us actually, is that the, that our workspace, the place where we work, the environment and people and the focus of our work is a beautiful platform upon which we can heal what's wounded us and in the process also bring healing and betterment, enrichment to the world. So that's really the heart of, um, What I think we're all up to, Mm -hmm. that there's a deep question, some sense of incompleteness that we're all seeking to, one, answer and fulfill, and that the world of work is such a potent place to bring that exploration, because by its very nature, as we fulfill our deepest longing in the workspace, we're also going to be bringing our greatest gift to the world.
1: You know, it's interesting because, you know, I'm like, I think I know what Eric's going to say. I wasn't expecting this because I was, I'm not sure I've heard you use the metaphor of healing before. And mm. is that sense of a wound and healing, is is that the connection to bringing and, and working on your greatest gift? I mean, make that, make that a little more explicit okay. for me.
0: Yeah, for sure. So the, it is the, it's the paradox of this, the, the approach that, that at least calls me, which is that the thing that we're most avoiding the feeling, the awareness, Mm. the situation that we're avoiding. If we move toward it with mindfulness, with presence, if we move toward it, what happens is that we gain access to the deepest resource within us that has been kind of uh, dormant or has been held back. So if I'm avoiding confrontation, you know, because of fear, because of doubt, and if i can move towards that difficult conversation not only do i have the conversation that needs to be had but i also gain access to the places within me where the intelligence the energy and the courage that has been uh, held back is then released and in doing that i also invite whoever it is that i'm having that conversation with into a deeper more authentic more powerful conversation for themselves so there's a this Whatever we're avoiding, whatever we're hiding from within ourselves or in our environment, and they're, you, they're always going to mirror each other, that's the place where, that's the healing place, which healing just means wholeness. Mm-hmm. It's the place to return to our inherent wholeness and to bring greater wholeness to our world. Oh, I love that.
1: So, I mean, just to make this, uh, you've given a good example, but to make it kind of more real, you know, you've known me mm. for 10 years. What's... Yeah. Uh, and this is my chance to kind of show my my <laughs> wounds if or open my kimono or whatever the metaphor yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, make that real for what you've seen of me. What have you seen me kind of struggle with, move towards, and attempt to, to heal? Okay. Well, one of the things... <laughs> no, don't talk about that! Okay, no, you can, you can talk about that. <laughs>
0: what, one thing is that I see that, you know, you have, of for a long time, you avoided uh, sort of digging in deeply. Because there was a sense that if you commit wholeheartedly perhaps to this, to something that you'll then be boxing yourself in, you'll be imprisoning true. yourself. And that's so, so it was a way. <laughs> yeah. <That brings laughs>
1: so, I mean, I, I feel that in my body as soon as you start talking about it.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that's, we'll come back to that. But the, but as you've chosen to focus and to bring all of your amazing creativity, uh, it, and all of your innovative energy, into the one space of helping managers, coaches 10 minutes or less. I've seen two things happen. One is that you didn't get you were actually freed up. Right. More in, in so many ways you were liberated, personally, professionally. Yeah, it's true. And the the impact that you wanted to have is coming about. I love that. Thank you. Mm.
1: So let me let me take you back to an earlier part yeah. of your journey. You know, one of the qu- quotes that I love and I, I reference every time we have one of these podcast interviews is, inspiration is when your past suddenly makes sense. And I, I yeah. kind of conflate that with this idea of what are your crossroads moments? You know, that moment where you've kind of come to a point and you make a decision, you go left, you go right, and it kind of sets you up on the path that you're on at the moment. I mean, for mm. me, a crossroads moment was... Cracking a joke in my Rhodes Scholars interview, which won me the Rhodes mm. Scholarship, that changed everything for me. And, you know, that's a big example. Uh, but um, what about yeah. for you? What, if, what's a crossroad moment for you? How did you get to be here?
0: So, what comes to mind right now is something that I haven't thought about as a crossroads moment, but it truly was. Okay, I came. You know, my fam- Davey, my wife, and my young son at the time, Nathaniel, and he was like three years old. We moved to. San Diego, California, and I came here with the intention of uh, getting a job in a training and development or leadership development division or department within some kind of corporation. And I went around and I made appointments to meet with uh, all of the managers of such departments in the corporations in San Diego. And I met with a woman, a young woman who had just been promoted to the role of manager of training and development for a, a new division of a large uh Global corporation here based in San Diego. And we began to talk. And she asked me about, you know, my background. And I told her that I'd been a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher for many, many years. And that was really the most inspired and sort of the heart of what I tried to bring into my work with managers, which was at that time <laughs> extremely limited my work with managers. Right. And she paused and she said, I have always wanted to learn how to meditate. I'm going to hire you based on one thing. And I, I wasn't even applying for a job. <laughs> I'm going to hire you based on, but you have to give a 30 minute presentation to a group of managers that I have to watch and see that you actually can do this. Right Now, why that's important, Michael, is because it was a crossroads that this part of myself that was the most sacred part, but I wasn't sure how to place in the world, mm-hmm. was the thing that literally opened the door to this work in a very conservative, very uh, hierarchical organization, which I consider to have be my graduate school training, where I learned how to translate all of these um, deep uh, spiritual principles into language and practices that managers, and these are managers who had no interest in mindfulness. That word wasn't even existing in the corporate lexicon at that time. They had no interest in awakening or whatever that might mean. (laughs) They just wanted to be, you know, effective. Yeah. And, but that opened the door for me to really, like, explore in in such a nuts and bolts environment, what's the application of these principles to the world of kind of real work?
1: You know, I love this idea of opportunities for you to find the better path for yourself, and the doors keep opening. <laughs> and yeah. and just having that moment to go, oh, I see it, and I'm stepping through it, just makes all the difference. You know, the, the folks listening in, I just want you to know that there are probably opportunities for you opening up, but I think part of it comes from a sense of, I know what's most sacred to me. You you are getting a sense yeah. of this yoga teaching, this meditation teaching being most sacred to you, and that allows you to be more attuned to kind of those opportunities when they show up.
0: Yeah. And it's been a journey. And as you know very well, it's an ongoing journey that, and the, I think the beauty right now for me of remembering that is that I'm also now at a flexion point in in the last year or so of my work, where, where I am more Comfortable bringing that, and I feel like the culture is certainly more welcoming mm-hmm. of the of bringing the the practice of cultivating mindfulness sort of into the mm-hmm. foreground, and it it no longer has to be just uh, kind of a secret ingredient that's woven into the conversation. It can actually be the subject of right, the conversation. Right,
1: exactly. I love that. Um, so part of why I love this the Coaching Habit podcast is I talk to these interesting people and if there's one thing that's a commonality across them is a willingness to keep doing their own work. So, you know, as mm-hmm. I, was it Ken Blanchard, who said, you've got to keep sharpening your own saw, uh, whoever it was, sharpening your own saw. Yeah. Um, and what I find for myself, and this comes in part from hanging out with you and the rest of the, the, the lovely people on the, the mastermind group we're in is honestly, it's, <laughs> it just seems to be the same few patterns repeating endlessly exactly. for me. It's just kind of, yeah. A spiral dynamic process that just keeps me going, <laughs> showing up and meeting the same patterns yeah. in the, in different ways. So I'm curious to know for you, Eric. You know what's been the hard lesson that you've had to learn, or maybe you have to keep learning. That's helped you yeah. become more masterful in the work
0: that you do. It has to do for me. It has to do with um, revealing my inner life in the moment with uh, clients when i'm working with them in other words that i have a tendency to uh to hide mm. my immediate experience to try to kind of tra- to try to work with it and bring it either avoid it completely or to express it in a way that's very oblique and so for me just to be more open more transparent and I, it's an ex- and as an example of that it has to do with like When working with an executive and feeling and coaching an executive and having the experience of essentially um, being ignored in the moment, you know, being pandered to in the moment. And to be able to bring that out in the conversation as it's happening, instead of trying to kind of weave around it, bob around it, manipulate him to be back in the conversation, simply simply to go, here's what's going on for me right now. Mr. X, whatever. Here's what's going on for me right now is that I have, I'm having this sense that.
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever. You're just, go- you're bored. Yeah. You're, you're playing with me. You're, you're, yeah. you're using your power against me, whatever it might be. You're speaking to the dynamic. And then
0: just be quiet. Yeah. Just, just like be quiet, having revealed that. And, you know, it's, a, it's something I have to learn again and again. It's, you know, I, I can recognize now the, uh, like you were saying, you feel it in your body, I can recognize it in the moment when I'm now in the place where I'm about to mm. avoid my experience and hide it. Mm-hmm. I know that what it feels like, but it doesn't mean that I, and so it's not that, and that's the nature of these kinds of, like you say, repeating, 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 or recursive challenges is that they're very redundant. They have a similar feel to them. And if we, as we get to be more uh, familiar with that feel, we can recognize it for what it is. It's the invitation to then, oh, gosh, again? Yes, I have to do it again. Nice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's great. It's such a – I mean, this is – for folks listening, and this is really a masterful coaching skill. Yeah. And the way I think about it, and like Eric, it's something I, I work on and I'm still not there yet, but um, it's like notice it, blurt it. <laughs> and then if you have to yeah. ask about it, so – if you can be attuned to how you're reacting internally, physically, mentally, how, that, that, how you're churning, um, just speak to it and mm. put it on the table. And then, you know, sometimes you just need to ask a question like, so what do you think? Or how does that land for you? Or, you know, what does that mean, do you yeah. think? Um, and then see where it goes. Because, you know, a friend of mine once said years ago, Eric, once is a pattern. and. That. um What I think you're pointing to here, or at least what I'm taking from it, is the sense of if it's happening to me this once, it happens to others. Mm. And this minor microcosm of a relationship in the moment is one that plays out repeatedly for the person you're talking to. So so allow me to hold that
0: mirror up so you see it. That's the service of it. Yes. Yeah, cuz that cuz we're all incredibly redundant and so it's not like, you know, this is the first time he's been ignoring people or, you know, exercising his power to hold them back. Yeah. No. This is, you know, this is something that's a natural pattern for him and it's one that has worked really well. Probably works so well that no one's ever brought it out. Right. I love so that. As a coach, you you have that that's your kind of service in a lot of ways which is to experience the other person completely, their greatness and their woundedness, which is the thing they're avoiding. And for you to bring it out, not like you're being this way, but here's how I'm experiencing you, that holds the mirror up for them. Beautiful. And that's a beautiful service. So
1: that is such a powerful tool to share. But I do want to ask you, is there another process or tool or model, you know, something that's a kind of a reliable favorite of yours that you use in your conversations that are coaching. like mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, the one that comes to mind actually is from your book, Michael, which I <laughs> <Perfect>. true, <laughs> truly love. Thank you. Which is because it's a three-layered process of questioning where you say, you know, what, so what's the challenge you're facing, right? And um, Or what's the issue, whatever, and they talk to you about it. And typically, you know, at that point, people are typically speaking of the challenge sort of in a third-person kind of way as things in the system and whatever. And um, when you ask the, th- the second question you offer, which I think is great, which is, so what's the real challenge here? Mm. And you know if you read these three layers they can just look like words a lot of it is the emphasis the tonality and the way you yeah. kind of lean into the language. so what's the real challenge here right oh when they start to do that very often they'll shift into t- to talking about some kind of cultural or interpersonal dynamic yeah. that that is sort of underneath you know the technical problem then i love the third one because the third one comes back to really what we started talking about, which is the wound in a certain way, yeah. which is at, which is the third question is to say, huh, after feeding it back and reflecting and clarifying to be a, and getting a yes, then you go so, given that, what's the real challenge for you, <laughs> right, uh, and, and that timing piece I think is the art of yeah it, you know and. Once you drop them into the for you, you've taken them, boom, into their wound, into their and also the place of resource that they need to tap into. Right. And then so I love that sequence.
1: Well, here's what I love about your explanation of that sequence is I've never really thought of it as a sequence before. (laughs) I just, (laughs) you you know, in writing the book and the question we put forth in the book is that final question. What's the real challenge here for you? And in yeah. the book, I do explain kind of how it got built up, you know, and how each diff- just as you've explained it perfectly, how each of the iterations goes a little deeper um, and and takes mm. people into themselves into into the real the real thing that's going on there. But I've never thought of it, of using it as a sequence before. so I'm like, I'm loving that. Uh, <laughs> I'm <good. laughs> you know it reminds me of um, oh, I think it was like Thomas Edison. Who had some sort mm. of technical challenge with something he was inventing, maybe a light bulb, maybe something else, but telephone, who knows? Um, mm. and he um he couldn't crack it, but then he found this technical journal in German. He had kind of okay German. So he read an article and, and it gave him the idea. He figured out the solutions. So I heard like, oh, that's brilliant. Then he got the journal officially translated, and he completely misunderstood what that article was about. <laughs> but it being right. it had still provided the breakthrough. So, I love that. That is
0: it. That's it, man. <laughs> it's like yeah, you don't it's not really about getting some sort of objectively right answer. It's about getting mm. on the answer that's going to move your life forward, you know. And for for our clients and for ourselves, you know, the idea that there's some expert out there who has the answer, who's going to know this magic formula that's going to kind of resolve things for you. Not really. It's like you can completely mishear that. But as long as it gets you to pay attention to what you actually already know you're ignoring. That's the thing about a lot of this work is we all know what we're hiding from. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we couldn't be hiding from it. It's (laughs) So we. Oh, I love that. The the coaching is really. um, It's all of us peeking out from behind the mask going, I see you.
1: Yeah, I love it. Eric, for for people who want to know you more, who want to find out more about Mm. how the work you do now and how you're showing up in the world, where would you point them to? Give us a website or something.
0: Okay, two websites. If you want to bring this kind of deep, mindful work into your organization, go to themindfulteam.com. If you want to explore the practice of awakening in your personal uh, life, go to wisdomheart.com com.
1: And uh, certainly, you know, I, you know, I hang out at Wisdom Heart all the time. I've learned from you about the practice of meditation. So for people mm-hmm. who are looking to walk that path, I could certainly endorse both of those resources that, that Eric's offering up. Eric, my friend, it's always a pleasure. That was a wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thank you.
0: We hope you enjoyed this best of MBS interview. Want more great content? Head to MBS.Works. There you'll find MBS's new podcast, Two Pages. You can learn about his best selling books, and you can join the newsletter. That's MBS.Works.